Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lo Thomas, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. My guest today is guitarist and vocalist Captain Kirk Douglas, who you may know as the guitarist for The Roots, and his spark is Pixar's animated feature film, Soul. Uh, This is a really lovely, really sweet conversation. Kirk and I spoke about the meaning of happiness and how people and artists in particular are affected by the universal desire to achieve it. Uh, We also talk about finding your purpose in life and what that means to each of us as individuals. I know these are lofty sounding concepts, but I think we talked about them in a really grounded way, and I had an absolutely wonderful time speaking with him. So uh, let's just dive right in, shall we? Quick Captain Kirk facts. Captain Kirk Douglas is an American guitarist and singer who performs with the hip-hop band The Roots. He joined The Roots in 2003. His first album with The Roots was 2004's The Tipping Point, where he split guitar duties with Martin Luther and Anthony Tidd. By the release of the 2006 album Game Theory, he had assumed the role as sole guitarist for the band. As a vocalist, he serves as the band's primary melodic singer, sharing duties with rapper Black Thought. His brand new album, New Unknown, came out last Friday. Quick Soul Facts Soul is a 2020 computer animated film produced by Pixar Animation Studios. The film stars the voices of Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Richard Aguadi, Felicia Rashad, Questlove, and Angela Bassett, amongst others. It follows a pianist, Joe Gardner, played by Jamie Foxx, who is involved in an accident before his big break as a jazz musician, and he seeks to reunite his separated soul and body. Soul was the first Pixar film to feature a black lead. It was very well received by critics for its craftsmanship, story, characters, and musical score. Organizations like the National Board of Review and the American Film Institute named the film as one of the top 10 films of 2020, and Soul was nominated for three awards at the 93rd Academy Awards, winning two, and it received numerous other accolades. And there you have it. No more delays. Let's get into the good stuff. Here comes my chat with Captain Kirk Douglas about Soul. 
Um, so the first port of call is always kind of your origin story with uh, the thing we're talking about. So do you remember seeing Soul for the first time? I do remember seeing Soul for the first time. It was during the pandemic, I think. I think it was, I feel like it was around Christmas time. And uh, at the time, I was living in New York. I still live in New York. I still live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family, I have a wife that's uh, Danish, and uh, we have two children together, two teenagers. They were living in, the plan was when things started to get heavily locked down over here in June, uh, well, in March, but uh, March of 2020, our, you know, lockdown began, as uh, you may know. And uh, when we got around to June of 2020, my wife uh, was really um, kind of freaked out by everything going on. I mean, we all were to a greater or lesser degree, and I would categorize hers into the greater degree and but she also you know her being from denmark she knew of a place that wasn't quite as heavily uh locked down or patrolled as as we were over here in brooklyn that place being denmark and uh because they were doing in-person schooling at the time she thought it was a good idea to take the kids and try to do a school year over there um, not only would they have more, you know, freedom in in-person schooling than they would over here, but it's also a great cultural experience for them to go to the place they were born because they were born over there and experience um, just, a, you know, kind of like a field study, you know, like a, just to get to have full immersion into that culture and be close to her, her you know, her parents, their grandparents, their cousins, um, you know, immersed in the language. Um, so the, the plan was for them to go for a year. So they left and I stayed because I had my responsibilities over here with uh, the, um, the Tonight Show. Um, even though the Roots weren't doing concerts, uh, the Tonight Show was still active, you know, in our shows and stuff. So they, they left, and, but they did come back to visit uh, during that time. And they came back during Christmas time, and I think it was around then that we got together and we saw that movie. And I thought that uh, it definitely – it was a time when we're kind of all wondering, like, what – what kind of collectively wondering what we're doing here. And a lot of people – a lot of people's life purpose was somewhat suspended uh, mm. for that time. So I thought the movie – timing could not have been any more perfect and upon thinking of what to talk about for what we're doing here it it was a great movie for me to revisit uh again just to try to jog my memory of it because i only saw it that one time Hmm. and i'm probably going to see it again before the week is over with my wife and um it's you know just when you look at the pixar films I just love their explorations and this seemed like a logical exploration for them to go into the sort of existential realm. And um, it really resonated with me because I wasn't a music teacher, although music was a huge part of it. I wasn't a middle school music teacher, but I was a preschool teacher. And if you, 
uh, can recall back to your preschool days, music had a heavy presence during that time. And while doing that during the day, I at night was playing in many a band, you know, doing a lot of gigs. And uh, I played in probably like 11 different bands, uh, played with poets, singers, drag queens, um, all combination of things. And uh, it was sort of the my my conscious subconscious hope that one day I would be sort of plucked from obscurity and sort of find myself on more of a world stage. So, so looking at the character, I think Joe, Joe Gardner mm-hmm. is the, the, the protagonist. Um, his story, I, I it completely resonated with me and, you know, I, but I just didn't suffer the fate of stepping into a manhole and dying. Uh, I saw the roots during my time as a preschool teacher. I remember watching them, on stage at the Knitting Factory. They played five nights at the Knitting Factory. I think I went to three out of those five nights because I was so enamored with them musically. And um, I remember thinking to myself, like, I would love to be in a band like that, you know? Just, it just, they just made so much sense to me watching them. And uh, I wound up meeting their manager. I wound up auditioning for the band and I wound up joining the band and that was in 2003. So here we are like almost 20 years later. So I do remember that story. I, I do I do remember seeing the movie and thinking about the resonance. And uh, and also, you know, I, I was a preschool teacher in Greenwich Village. So, you know, they have that club, the Half Node. I think that's sort of half based on the Village Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And those were like my stomping grounds. And that's, I remember like passing places like those when I had, you know, we used to have like a string that all the kids held on to. Uh, as I would take them to whether it be a playground or, you know, some sort of community exposure. But, you know, there's also a, a relevance because, you know, I also, you know, once you uh, um, get to a certain point in sort of stature, uh, you sort of, you know, it begs the question, well, okay, this is great, but, um is this my purpose? You know, what else is there uh, in life? And um, is, is this what, what, what I'm meant to do? And just, I just love the, the way that they laid out uh, the, the path that sort of leads the viewer to the realization of what the meaning of life is. It's just meant to be experienced. It's only an experience. And if you're ever in a situation where you're faced with the concept of not having that anymore, it really uh, forces you to hone in on finding joy and wonder in the mundane. I mean, that's one of the, one of the reasons I, I, I really chose to focus on this movie. And, and just the other aspect is just, you know, you, you can't ignore the the irony that uh, the voice of the music teacher's student turned drummer is that of also, you know, Questlove Thompson. Mm. So, you know, I, I remember being, you know, on the stoop when I lived on Grove Street and just like hanging out there with my friends and just seeing him like walking up the street and being like, I recognize that guy, you know? And um, so it's, I, I just love the 
full circleness of it. You know, in the movie, they go into the subway and you hear, you see a guy singing in the subway, and 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 the, that voice sounded familiar to me, and I realized, oh, that's Cody Chestnut. You know, and um, so so little things like that. Those, you know, I have, you know, there there are extra bright Easter eggs in that movie for me. You know. Um, what else? I mean, and, and John Baptiste, you know, uh, mm-hmm. does a lot of you know, work on the soundtrack and just, it's so well done and it's just, it just checks all the boxes. You know, there's the, the scene when he comes to the realization of, oh, what is it that life is actually about? And then he lays out the, the Metro card and the leaf and the bagel on his piano. And he plays this sort of, uh, evocative uh, music. I think I think it's called Epiphany, but it's just the perfect soundtrack to the emotion that they were trying to give. Um, it you know pulled on the heartstrings appropriately, and it just it just gave you what you want to get out of a movie like that—an appreciation for life—and you find yourself you know getting super moved over. You know what could be considered, you know, plain and mundane. Yeah. So long way around the park to answer your question. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's all good stuff, though. <laughs> but it makes your job easy. You just sit back and let me go. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you you do the talking. Um, I I think I mean this is kind of uh, the extra thing that made me love it. Like I'm I'm a New Yorker as well, and not just seeing like when he's walking down those stairs into the club and it's like exactly walking into village vanguard the way the room looks all of that stuff the touches are so like it it, it's somebody who i mean not one person obviously were hundreds of people involved in making this yeah um but how lovingly the details are uh, um uh, applied to, to this film and how much it shows that the people involved in it really have this affection for this city and just seeing things like he lives, Joe lives off the seven train and there's a, you know, I live off the seven train. And so it's like seeing, uh, there's a, a little bit where the train's like going around, you know, when it's flashing through all the things that are, he loves and you see the train going around, there's a view of the city and you can see the yeah. silver cups, uh, studio sign and all of that stuff. And it's like, feels so close to me in that way. And that's, you know, that's a little specific because I think this movie is very universal. Um, But having that foundation of specificity, I think really helps me to kind of feel a part of it. Yeah. Um, And then when you talk about the broader themes, I think as artists, we tell ourselves it's a blessing and a curse. You, you grow up with this thing that you love so much and it, it it feels to you like it is your purpose. It's the thing that makes you happy. It's the thing that you know you are good at. That's just there in you. And you, you know, I used to, when I was a, like teenager, all of my friends would say like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to just go to college and then I'll figure it out. Like I'll just get a job or whatever. And I never had that problem. Yeah. But it means that you assign you you invest all of this energy, all of your heart and soul into this one thing. And if it doesn't happen for you, 
it's devastating and you can't imagine what else your life could be. So seeing Joe feeling that way and feeling like teaching is not enough. It's not, it's his day job. It's, uh, what he's doing while he's waiting for the thing to happen. Um, so yeah, all of that was just like hit, hit home pretty hard. And also was like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's specific to artists. I'm sure other you know people in other industries have the same kinds of hopes and dreams that don't get I realized. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I just like you say when you when you invest everything into like one dream, and then I, I I love how the movie touches upon the idea of lost souls when you uh, put so much into your dream that it obscures all the other beautiful things that are going on in your life. And uh, the movie paints that place as a place you don't want to be, you know, when you're, when you're missing out on the things that are beautiful around you because you're so obsessed with, uh, with, with becoming this concept or this construct of what you're supposed to be. And um, I really, I know, like when I when I talk to when I speak to anybody that uh, asks me about you know what was it like when I uh, when I finally became successful, my, my answer would you know, there's the idea that like what does that mean successful? I guess the idea is you know just being able to only do music you know for a living. I, I guess that would be some people's definition of success. And I know for a while that was, I considered that to be the case. But, you know, when I think of like successful, I mean, I think of like, well, success, when I look at the whole span of my entire life, success was the first time I successfully played a D chord. You know, when I successfully uh, was able to execute exteriorly something that was in my head, that was the success, you know? And that was very much true. And as we get older, all these other ideas of what success sh- should look like sort of gets put upon you. And uh, you can't help but somewhat internalize those things. But, you know, that that's, that's the whole thing about being self-aware and uh, kind of it's natural to get into all sorts of emotions, you know, as a, as a human being. And what's important is to recognize when you're getting into, you know, when you're getting a little bit too far in one direction and just saying, okay, let me, let me sort of reel it in here. Let me sort of like be my own therapist uh, and sort of um, allow myself to sort of zoom out and look at the entire situation. And that usually gives me perspective and, and in, in my case, like it, it, it sort of remind me, hey, remember when you said like, you know, success is when you first played that D chord, like, let that be your guide that that 10 year old that did that was not far off, realize that you're living in the world and you can't help but judge yourself by uh, the external uh, criteria you know, um, but, but know that that is kind of something else, uh, recognize my true blessings, you know, and, um, and sort of, uh, 
you know, I, I, lately I've been doing uh, Qigong. Hmm. And um, one of the things that you do at the end of Qigong is you go through some gratitudes. And one of the gratitudes that they mention is being thankful for your challenges. Hmm. And um, it's sort of, I found it to be a beautiful way of like, you know, looking at life and putting things into perspective. Like your challenges are the things that hopefully allow you to grow and that you hopefully learn from. So when you look at your challenges as your friend, um, it, it sort of changes your 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 view of things, you know, there's two things. Like one thing I think of often is like when people talk about, um, you know, an ascent to fame, you know, and um, when people talk about how there's a part of them that wishes that they can go back to that, how like the good times was playing in the small clubs, like, you know, before the record deal or before, uh, um, you know, worldwide success and everything and, and sort of, you know, what could make anybody feel that way, you know? And, um, you know, it just makes you, it reminds you that, uh, you know, a- along with success comes, you know, a lot of things that you didn't expect, a lot of uh, unwanted pressure, you know, that along with success then comes an, an added pressure of, okay, you're, you've arrived now you have to worry about staying there and that becomes a whole other uh challenge you know uh, emotionally and that you know when you think of like the concept of like you know uh a bigger stage you know you know then there's bigger problems that can arise you know so i think i think when you you get into all that stuff and then you just you know then you you just say okay let me remember the things that are that are like truly you know beautiful like when i look and i see that like i i actually like have two teenagers you know like there's two people that exist that uh are here because me and my wife like made them and now they're at the point now where you can i can sit and i can have a conversation with them and they can enlighten me on things that's just you know that's something that's very easy to take for granted you know but when you stop and be like wait a second i met this woman at a party and and 20 years later there's a family you know just it's 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 amazing you know and and i I don't you have to like stop and you know, just realize, hey, I don't sound like a lunatic for acknowledging that, you know, <laughs> and allow myself to acknowledge like that wonder of life. And um, and then all that other like career stuff, you know, that's that's amazing, too. You know, everything sort of has their um, their place in it all, you know. Yeah, there's there's the. There's another, there's a quote in the movie I, I totally forgot about, but when he, uh, Joe gets that gig um, with the saxophonist and after the, the, the gig that he was striving to get back to earth to do, he mentions to her that, you know, it, it didn't quite feel the way he wanted to. And then she lays that line on him about the, the fish that was in the ocean, the fish, and the fish goes up to 
uh, an older fish and says to the older fish, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for the ocean. And the older fish, I think I'm, I'm maybe screwing this up, but the older fish said, he's like, you're in it right now. And the, the, the younger fish was just like, no, I'm in water. I'm looking <laughs> for the ocean. So I, I, I love the, uh, open-endedness of, of that, uh, of that line of that gem. And I think it sort of poetically speaks to the concepts we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that to, to me, uh, there's a couple of things like it, it, this film touches a lot on what is the definition of success? How do you define success for yourself? How do other people define your success? And that particular moment, there are two directors and one of the directors is um, a guy named uh, Pete Doctor, who's directed a lot of other Pixar films. He's I, There's some record involved. He's been nominated for like eight Oscars for animation he's won three and he had just come off the back of winning an oscar for inside out and he said he was feeling like is this it like what what comes next what is the next thing to strive for and that's coming from somebody who's like at the top of his industry there is nowhere else to you know other other heights to ascend right um and still having that feeling and i think having those kinds of existential crises regardless of your level of uh, success in whatever definition of that word you use um everybody is going to feel insecure everybody is going to be unhappy sometimes everybody is going to have moments where they're like what am i doing with my life is this the right thing and being able to both look at the big picture and see the sum total of everything you've done in your life and um, think about things in a broader sense, but also the opposite and looking at the granular detail in your life and saying, do you have successes that are day to day? Do you have successes that don't have anything to do with the career that you've chosen? Um, And also not just success, but leaving aside ambition and career, career goals or whatever and saying, joy happiness those are the the things that life is really about and if your career is not going the way that you want it to admitting to yourself that maybe all of your dreams are not going to come true but at the same time saying i am still going to be a happy person i'm still going to find some joy in this world and it's not it's not acceptable to say this is it for me. I'm just going to be sad forever. And there's nothing in my life that's good. And I, you know, everybody has moments like that. Everybody feels the weight of the world crashing down on them sometimes. Yeah. But it's like finding that hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's, t- that's part of the human experience. And, you know, having that, uh, that realization, you know, that's what I think helps you get through, you know, and, you know, that's why therapy, you know, is important or can be important to, if you can't get to that place yourself to, it it helps to have someone really, you know, show that to you and, um, you know, sit with someone that, uh, that can sort of like, you know, give you the tools 
that that helps you manage your mind because that's really you know you know we have we have our soul you know but we have our mind mm-hmm. and uh the mind is a very you know powerful tool and it can it can it can help you cope and it can you know rationalize and it can like really do you in as well so to be able to like manage the mind and have that awareness and you know um is able to really allow you to have the perspective to say like what you just said like hey like remember remember joy and hey let's uh, like is it really healthy to have your happiness be dictated by your you know what the world considers to be success you know right so i think for that for for those reasons i mean the film is like you know really important and it's i i love just the way that um i just love the fact that it's a pixar movie mm-hmm. and uh that you can you know if if you're watching a movie like this as a parent and you're watching it with you know a, a child of any age be it you know a 7 year old or a 17 year old you're there's no way you're not going to walk away from it with a a conversation that has both parties you know thinking thinking really deeply probably more deeply than than on any other pixar movie right yeah and uh, just just one other thing when we're talking about therapy i think uh it goes to that moment talking about the young fish and the old fish um that one of the most amazing things about therapy to me is objectivity having somebody who does not give a single shit about you outside of a professional context right but they can see and it gives them the ability to see things from a different perspective it's not someone who loves you who is worried about you who wants to find a way for you to be happy because they're your mother um and it's that interaction with dorothea where it's this relationship that um uh dorothea is the the jazz player um, who yeah uh who joe admires and gets to play with and you know he's talking to her about feeling a bit empty inside after achieving this goal and she has the objectivity to say you are in the ocean (laughs) this is like it's happening let yourself be happy um and putting that into a kind of you know kid-friendly Pixar context where, you know, the brilliant thing that they do is making movies that kids can appreciate. And it's like bright colors and music and it's dazzling (laughs) all of that stuff, but still having this like just incredible heart and this thoughtful philosophical core that, you know, has this message that doesn't, you know, doesn't beat you over the head with it, but, um, yeah. it's really emotional. I was just, I was feeling like a little choked up watching it earlier. Oh no, it, it totally got to me. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I also loved the, uh, the scene in the, um, the barbershop, mm. uh, when, when, um, 22 is in Joe's body and, the, you know, you know, back to therapy again, <laughs> you know, speaking of what, what the, the chair of a barbershop can be, you know, um, it's, it's, it was, it's a, it was a great scene because that's like, if, if, you know, whether you want to do therapy or not, at some point, you're probably going to find yourself at a barber mm. and, uh, if, if, you know, the good ones 
you know, tend to engage you in conversation. And, uh, you, 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 for that moment, you, you can find yourself really confiding in someone that has that, uh, that special sort of relationship with you where it's like they know you, but you know, also not that well. Hmm. And I just love when 22 is talking and then they're going all up all these tangents and then you look and then the whole barbershop is there listening. And I think that was like, you know, for 22, that was, that was like, Whoa, I just connected with a lot of people, you know? And um, I think that was, you know, just one of the, you know, the first joy that she discovered was pizza, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and after that, that, you know, that was one of the, th- that was a really significant one, like the joy of, of connection and the joy of like finding out that w- like feeling something and it resonates with somebody else that we saw there, you know, I mean, as far as connection is concerned, I think, you know, the, the movie could have uh, gone many ways with, uh, I mean, uh, as far as, you know, what profession should we tackle as far as trying to mm-hmm. get this story out. And I think, you know, music was, uh, a, probably, you know, it, a, a great example because the examples, it's, it's such a clear example. It's such a, uh, just when you think of like connection, you know, music connects people and it's just, it's such a universal thing. And it's really, and, and, Music is such a, a necessity, really. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I say that, but I'm biased. Um, but, uh, but I think there's a reason why they chose that uh, as, a, as a central uh, theme in, in the movie. And, um, and uh, you know, it's something that I've been recently been dealing with, you know, on this sort of uh, album campaign uh, and, and I, I can easily apply the whole idea of like the water and the ocean, you know, it's like me, like, what's my, what's my whole reason for doing this? You know, I just did an album. Like what, what is my purpose with it? Well, quite simply, my purpose is to connect with people, you mm-hmm. know, but you know, I have to like, think about like, okay, well, if you really want to connect with people, you got to be appreciative of the people you do connect with and not be thinking about, Oh, but I want to come, I want to connect with people by the hundreds, by the thousands. It's like, yeah, that's a hope. That's a want. And like, once you achieve that, it's like, it sort of goes back to, you know, the director doctor, like, okay, you get that. And then what, you know, it's like, appreciate the connections that you have like the connection that we're having right now, they appreciate everything in the moment and, and stop trying to like look for the ocean, you know, when you have, when you're when like appreciate the water that you're in ultimately. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, I was, I also, you know, going back to music again, I think about like, you know, the Beatles and I think about like, you know, how they dove so deeply into the spirituality, into, Mm. um, you know, the mysticism, of course it was product of the time, but, um, you know, they, they ascended so quickly and so, uh, hugely, (laughs) 
um, that I think, you know, once they discovered like, okay, we're the biggest thing in the world now. And it, I, and I think they had a little taste of, is that it? Is, mm-hmm. is that all there is? And um, that's what set them on their uh, spiritual journey. Um, and uh, yeah, it was interesting to see, you know, how that played out in the let it be uh, movie documentary and everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's like an example there of, of when you can just have this uh, behemoth of a, of a, of a career and of an impact, but you still are the human being and that is not going to save you from, you know, your marriage that's not successful or your addiction to substances um, or, or, you know, your childhood trauma. You know, all of that stuff has to be dealt with and you, all your success is not going to fix those things for you, you know. So, right. Another, another, uh, I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's like the connection between, uh, or being able to differentiate between success and fulfillment. And, you know, that yeah, then, yeah. then diagram has overlap, but, right, right, right. um, that one thing doesn't necessarily, uh, mean that Leave the other joy. one is happening at the same time. Right. right. Um, so Yeah. Profound concepts uh, for a Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that is a lovely place to stop. Thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. This is good uh, fuel for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, you know, for long after that. So I thank you. Thanks. And uh, I really appreciate you being so generous with your time too. Pleasure is mine. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was so lovely, wasn't it? Thanks again to Kirk for hanging out with me. Check out his new album, New Unknown, as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, which will be quite soon because that's all I've got for you today. Uh, don't forget to follow me on social media at Spark Parade on all platforms. You keep forgetting and I keep reminding you, just do it. Okay? Thanks. Other than that, have a fun and prosperous week. Give yourself a little wink in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth. And until next time, bye! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.